this though. It's a bonus episode. I'm Andrew. I'm here with Ben and Theo. And um, we're all here participating in this Guinness World Record attempt at the world's biggest hand-holding chain. (laughs) Hands across Australia, we're calling it. None of us have looked at the news uh, in weeks. Too engrossed in our task. (laughs) Too busy calling other people and asking if they'd like to hold hands for a prolonged period of time and not understanding why they hang up immediately. And it's it's really hard to find people locally as well. We've had to go abroad for this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've we've had to call in friends from Iran, Italy, China, all over to make this dream a reality. And of course, the only people that you can get in on that kind of notice um, are people who have racked up a lot of frequent flyer miles because yeah, they're yeah, jet-setting yeah. around the world. They're in all the busiest airports. Yep. They're meeting and greeting people. They're doing a lot of hand-holding of their own in the form of shaking hands, a very positive thing hmm. that everybody should do whenever they see someone. Pressing the flesh out there. Pressing that flesh. And ideally, you want people with a lot of spare time, like, say, the elderly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they they love a Guinness record, don't they? Oh, well, you get a shirt, probably. Tell them it's uh, the, the most fucking <laughs> something of something, and they just go wild for it. I have not confirmed yet that we're getting shirts. <laughs> From Guinness? Do you think Guinness From supplies G- the shirts? Why wouldn't they? I don't, because you've got stuff where it's like the most people to ever turn up at a whatever, where it's like 30,000 people. And, and then like, sometimes oh, it's fuck, like that's thirty thousand shirts. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really asymmetrical agreement where sometimes it's like, oh sure, we're giving one guy a shirt because he ate the most amount of cheesecake in a single sitting. Yeah, uh, and then sometimes you're giving it to an entire football stadium because uh, all of them did the the Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now speaking of speaking oh, of fuck. like um. You know, pandemics and such, huh? and football stadiums. What? Hey, hey. what? <laughs> We're talking about pandemics. <laughs> it's just come over the wire. It's oh, no, he's talking about the, the viral sensation that is the Harlem, <laughs> the Harlem Shake. Shake. <laughs> <laughs> Look, remember 2019, oh. 47 years ago? Uh, Theo, I don't think the Harlem Shake was 2019. I'm going to say that was like 2017. Oh, no. Oh, no. The <laughs> ravages of time. Time is slipping through your hands uh, like water. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, it went viral in early February 2013. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Falling, falling back down the tunnel of time. Oh, my God. Jesus we're basically Christ. dead. <laughs> oh, we are circling the event horizon of a black hole right now. Fucking hell. <laughs> Hey, while we're getting into uh, the origin story here of the meme itself, the meme form was established in a video uploaded on February 2nd, 2013 by YouTube personality Joji on his Disaster Music channel. That's D-I-Z-A-S-T-A music. Disaster music. Uh, The video featured the character Pink Guy from the Filthy Frank show entitled Filthy Compilation Number 6... Smell my fingers. What the fuck what are you the talking fuck? about? This, the words that are coming this, out of your mouth is, right now don't make sense. This, this is, is the weird, like, transitionary point culturally from, like, Skits Mix 97 to the YouTube uh, society that we have now. Uh, yep. So we that was a YouTube the... society. We, we do live in a YouTube society. Uh, so that video opened with the first use of the Harlem Shake meme. And started a 
viral trend of people uploading their own Harlem Shake videos to YouTube. I wonder if uh, American EDM producer Bauer uh, got got some good royalties off the 100 million plays of, what, less than 30 seconds of the Harlem Shake? (laughs) Or is it just uh, a fair use thing? If it's less than 30 seconds, is it fair use? Uh, well, certainly not in Australia. It's got to be like less than like four seconds. Uh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, also, I think the money to be made there is when like three years later, ad companies got around to the meme and they started using it. They would have been licensing it then. And that's uh, that's when those big bucks start rolling in. And I would give my, my opinion on copyright law, but I've got some soup to eat. So you guys sort hmm. it out. You're still on that soup, huh? It's a... I was gonna say it's a big bowl of soup, and I and I eat soup extremely slowly. So, I, how chunky is your soup? Soup? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm taking some issue with you use the word eat here. Oh, it, it's it's very. Uh, it's about. I would say about eighty percent solid. Okay, so on the Bristol stool chart, that's a seven to eight. <laughs> The thing everybody wants to compare this soup to. <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you could think of a handier existing scale for solidity, oh. I would like to hear it. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Hey, uh, while we're learning about the Harlem Shake, um, there is a section of the Wikipedia entry marked success, explaining <laughs> why it was successful as a meme. Oh. Uh, so the video is normally about 30 seconds long. The success of the videos was in part attributed to the anticipation of the breakout moment and their short length, making them very accessible to watch. Thirty seconds is a long meme. Yeah, to that, me is now. A, that is that is an waiting. unimaginable amount of time to spend watching one thing. Now, uh, does anybody else get uh, really mad at those videos on YouTube by like comedians where it's them doing like a character, and it's it's just like. A lot of quick cuts of them saying, oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the character is like, yeah, go, girl who is who is rich but doesn't realize how rich she sounds. Oh, so it's or just whatever. like a bunch of unrelated sort of audio clips, one after the yeah. other, in quick succession. Oh, yeah, yeah, not not the not the skip ones where the person's playing both characters side, but they're they're okay. They can be they can be all right. But the one where it's just yeah, one one person it's, it's, sitting yeah, down there and, and rattling off like four minutes of this one like piece of character work. Yeah, and and yeah, so they think they think Those of a are line nightmarishly long, and they cut them all together, and they are all at least two minutes long. And it yeah. doesn't matter if I watch the first like, say, fifteen seconds of one of those, and I go, "Ha, those are some funny little jokes," and then it just doesn't stop, and I'm like, "I am going to firebomb your house." Yeah, yeah, you have to understand. Yeah. By this point, my brain is uh, just slurry, shutting down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sloshing around in my little coconut up top. All the neurons ceasing to fire. Yeah, I'm not processing this one bit. Hmm. That's what you got to do these days, folks. You got to switch that bad boy off. Stop using that brain. I've been. I've been. um, (laughs) Sorry. Finishing work and immediately passing out. No, no, no. Close. I've been sick, but I've been just like watching action movies as I go to bed, just on my laptop. Oh, that's where it's at. Yeah, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, Have you queued up Mark Wahlberg's Shooter yet? You've got to see Mark Wahlberg's Shooter. Please do. First time hearing of it, but I did watch The Rock, um, which is 
not a okay look i don't want to get spend like minutes on this i would just say <laughs> that it's not a great action movie it's not cut well it's ridiculous the tone is perfect um but it's not a good movie then i watched um die hard one which honestly a fantastic movie it's oh, a perfect it's, movie it's a perfect it's, perfect it's a it's a wonderful movie i don't want to get all fucking brooklyn 99 about it or or whatever it's just a really good movie die yeah. hard 2 not so good let's no. see how die hard 3 goes so good. Die Hard Three is so great. I remember watching it in my in my grandma's house when I was like twelve. It was that and Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, sorry about all the swearing, Grandma. And she's like, oh, I mind. I I, I like this because they're they're actually real people versus Mortal Kombat, which was just an incomprehensible <laughs> mess to her. What? Now, to now me, the Mortal child, Kombat movies. Totally. Mm. Oh, if you go back and watch the Mortal Kombat movies, I agree, incomprehensible. They're, they're just, oh, very, very bad. Uh, absolutely, like, stuff stuff just thrown at a wall, you know? And then they went, let's just stitch some of this together in post. But, um... I'm not going to revisit the Mortal Kombat movie, I think. Please, please don't, but okay. absolutely do watch Die Hard 3. Um, if you've got nothing to do, you can watch Die Hard 4 and then pretend that there's no more Die Hard movies. Cool. You could probably do that with Die Hard 4, really. Yeah, I'm only going to 3. Get to see Kevin Smith and some jorts, you know? Hmm. You, Kevin Smith and a Die Hard flick. You're saying that as a, like a positive selling point? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> don't know. Kevin Smith and Justin Long. And, and Bruce Willis, like, just cresting that hill where he's starting to look extremely bored in every movie that he's in. Um, Die Hard 5 is one of those movies where I'm like, I know I've seen it, but I can't remember anything about that movie beyond um, that uh, Jai Courtney is in it as as his adult son from like the first or second movie or whatever. Uh, and that's it. That's it. They go to Russia. Don't remember anything about it. There's an aerial shot of Russia. That's what I remember about the movie. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> very bad. It's very bad. Bruce Willis, the whole time you can see that all he's thinking about is when he's going to knock off and go and count his money. <laughs> he's already got money. He, I, don't, I don't think Bruce Willis has ever counted all of his money from start to finish. So I don't, I don't understand why. Like To me, if you've got that task ahead of you, why would you add more money to the pile? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know what's in him for him anymore. Watch any Makes interview sense. with him from the last 15 years and he's just like, just leave me be. Leave me be. I cannot shake the interview that he did for um, Red, the one with all the old people in it. Retired. <laughs> extremely dangerous. Yes. Is that, is that what it stood for? Is that what it stood for? What? Fuck, Fuck off. Fuck. No. No. I, I swear to God it was something like that. And that oh, came so out in 2017. Uh, and that was last year. Retired Extremely Dangerous. There's three of them, baby. What? Wait, no, just two. Is there a red uh, three? Unfortunately God. for everybody, the, the movie Red as of came out in 2010. <laughs> 2010. <laughs> I was 23. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you're like uh, 20 or 21, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, I feel earlier. like time will do that for them. 
It sure done it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh. So anyway, we should probably uh-huh. talk about uh, some of the stuff that we thought we might talk about on this episode. It, we had a really good segue going. <laughs> we did at the start, but then yeah. everybody was too committed to acting like we don't know about <laughs> the pandemic. Uh, the what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> oh. oh, we. Oh, hey, 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 I got an idea. We could have a, a good who's on first bit. Uh, to follow on from that. Oh, we love um, this. The World Health Organization has declared... <laughs> Who? Who? Okay. <laughs> the uh, wor- and, that's, and that's been... Uh, who's on first? <laughs> and that was another episode. Uh, thanks. Please uh, The, wor- the World Health Organization is on first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a pandemic, baby. We all got the bat fever or whatever. Oh, speaking of, just briefly, sorry, I know, we oh, almost God. had a segue. We almost, almost, we almost got into the content. That's yep. Speaking of the World Health Organization. So, uh, the Who? Patieri, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> the Patieri Greek Festival, which is Brisbane's premier uh, Greek Ooh. culture and food festival held in West End uh, every year. They just announced that they had to cancel for this year because of coronavirus. But they're like, this is, you know, it's like a... You know, regular ass food festival, right? It's it's nice, but it's nothing crazy special. Uh, their post about it was like after consulta- consultation with the World Health Organization, <laughs> like they're just like <laughs> ringing the hotline and like, hello, uh, hello, this is me from the Patieri Greek Festival. Obviously, you've heard of me. We've before. been waiting for uh, your call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we got the Patieri Greek Festival on the line. Ah. Send this one straight to the top. Please, uh, yeah, hang, s- sir. hanging up, hanging up on President Trump to take yeah. the call. <laughs> We'll put you straight through to Kofi Annan. Oh, yeah, shit's getting cancelled left, right and centre. Italy has closed down, becoming even lazier. (laughs) (laughs) Our thoughts are with the Italian people at this time. Wow. Did you... Wait, how fucking long ago did you die? 2018. (laughs) God damn. Welcome to the the past episode. Fucking hell. Oh, my brain is not good. No, you're having trouble. Having trouble. So um, so what we were just talking about before the show started was me wondering. Uh, my friend uh, has tickets to the football, to an NRL game, and was like, hey, let's go to the football. She asked me like a week ago, you know. And, um, and now I'm like, should I go to a big football game? Because like... We're kind of at the point now. Uh, we've just had our first confirmed coronavirus uh, person in Canberra. Victim. <laughs> first first coronavirus victim um, who has been assaulted by the coronavirus. And there's been like some other people who've kind of come through Canberra and then been confirmed with it somewhere else. And obviously it's been popping off in all the other states. Canberra, the ACT is the last state or territory in Australia to have a confirmed case, but we got one now. And while I don't feel like, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not especially concerned about like getting it myself, I guess, even though myself and my wife and our kids are all like quite asthmatic so for, mm-hmm. for a respiratory no, disease, not really into it. Um, but I'm more thinking about it in the sense that one of the main things that all of these other uh, governments around the world are starting to come in with really aggressively is all of the social distancing stuff. All of the, no, you got to shut down your Greek festivals. 
uh, and so on. And obviously, you know, you're supposed to try and be a bit responsible about your own behavior because even if you don't get something yourself, there is a possibility that you could be a carrier for it for someone else, all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's an interesting time because I, I feel very similarly about this to the way I felt about the bushfire stuff at the end of last year, where it's like so omnipresent in the media and everybody's talking about it and it's kind of been near places that I've been or kind of threatening places that I've been, all that sort of stuff. And you wind up in this weird kind of you wind up in this weird kind of space where you're like, on one hand, I don't want to be catastrophizing things. I don't want to be like really overthinking this and giving myself anxiety and all that sort of shit when I don't want to be like blowing this out of proportion in relation to myself. But then there's also the party that's like, you would also feel pretty dumb if you were one of those people who was like, hey, couldn't be me. Uh, while a massive pandemic is breaking out all around you. So, I'll throw it to you, Ben. Should I go to the footy game? <laughs> oh, man, I'm the dumbest fucking person alive and the last person you should ask about anything. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been talk of doing the empty stadium thing yet. Uh which to well, me I mean, is, they, they just completely suspended the NBA season in the States. Which is fucking crazy, right? Big, big time billion dollar industry, except that was also in light of one of the players testing positive. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. I, this is just genuinely one of those things where you just you don't know how you're supposed to feel about anything, right? Especially if, you know, you're a dipshit like me and you're getting most of your news off fucking social media. And there are so many people who are doing either grifting by getting shares for telling everyone not to worry so much, or there are people that are doing the opposite that are going fucking viral for telling people they should be worrying more. So you end up with this real mixed signal of just being like, ah, either I shouldn't be going outside or I shouldn't be worrying at all. Like my whole fucking next two weeks is me going to a like events at one of Brisbane's beer festival where there are just like hundreds of people everywhere. My job, other than this, is putting on events where there are like, I'm seeing shitloads of different people a bunch of different days of the week. And I have no idea whether at some point I'm meant to be like, is this bad? Do I stop? I don't should know. I, stop. Should I say no thank you? Yeah. It's uh, it's real, real fucking weird. I've got a, a show I'm going to next week. Deftones are coming over from the States. I'm sitting here being like... Are they actually going to end up coming over? Are they going to cancel? The Pixies just cancelled their tour over here. It was going to, meant to kick off tonight. Well, well, there's also like, I, I guess the other thing that's been pretty remarkable is how fast the news is changing with a lot of this stuff. Like we've sort of gone from, hey, uh, you know, there's there's pockets of this stuff in these places to these places have exploded in confirmed cases and deaths and stuff to, hey, now there's confirmed cases in hundreds of countries to, like, you know, they're sort of saying, hey, maybe maybe be ready for the idea that if you can work from home, you should, that kind of stuff, um, to suddenly, like, 
hey, we're we're cancelling like like America saying we're stopping anybody from Europe coming in by plane. Um, Australia is doing similar sorts of things in terms of like uh, monitoring people in in other airports who are boarding planes to go to Australia, looking at them for symptoms and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of you know obvious travel advisory stuff. And now we're getting to the points of things like the NBA saying, nope, we're suspending the season. We're just done because our whole sport relies on tens of thousands of people gathering in very close proximity to each other. And for me, I've kind of been thinking, well, I'm pretty lucky because, you know, I I already work from home when it suits me. uh, And there's really nothing to stop me from working home full-time uh like that it wouldn't bother anybody it wouldn't be any particular impediment or inconvenience to me i realize that it's a very privileged position um really don't know what's going to happen to anybody who works in like a bar or a cafe or retail or any of these things where surely at some point the companies that are running them are going to start saying like hey, we need to massively scale back the staff that are in stores or close the stores altogether or... Yeah, and I think the, the one of the biggest themes that have kind of come out of the last couple of couple of days as, as people, you know, would understandably or predictably kind of see is that um, I, I think people are starting to understand just how precipitous um, life is for people on... Uh, casual employment contracts, Mm. um, people who are unemployed, um, you know, the concept that you, um, that we even had to ask to be like, Hey, um, this is fucked up, but do I actually need to go to my, um, my Centrelink appointments? Um, if I've, if I'm suspected of having coronavirus and then, you know, of course there's just radio silence or, or what have you until, you know, the government works out the most monstrous way to approach this. So, well, don't worry though, because according to um, according to uh, Industrial Relations Minister Christian Porter, yeah, casual employees will already have a large well, see, amount they of get savings. Twenty percent, twenty percent more, and that's and also you know they get the casual employee lifestyle, man. Just like you know, going with the flow. Just being if flexible. Got, yeah, just be flexible. If you've got money to eat this week, eat and so on. So, Well, um, it's, it's very funny as well, all of this coming off the back of Australia's now multi-year-long rolling wage theft scandal of like how many people in either, either you know, say if you work at 7-Eleven where technically the government would consider you a casual, but also a bunch of those people have effectively been getting held in indentured slavery for less than minimum wage by their fucking monstrous franchise owners. Um, all the way to, you know, people working in uh, restaurants for that dipshit in Sydney where they were like a- actively logging how many unpaid hours people were working. Um, because they wanted to make sure that they were on the premises for as long as they demanded that they work there, but they also only paid anybody for 38 hours a week, no matter how many hours they actually worked. And, like, all of those people were already having, like, money stolen from them. They were already making, like, less than the, the 
the 20% loading they're supposed to be making on top, yeah. you know. Fucking ridiculous. But don't worry, because in Australia, we have a load of idiots to tell you stupid shit about all kinds of things. And I'm not just talking about this podcast. Oh, hey, oh, there hey, he is. Hey, zip, zap, got him. I like watching, the implication. I was watching some Rodney Dangerfield clips today. That was good stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that was implied. I think that was pretty explicit. <laughs> um, so, the Sydney Morning Herald posted what I think can only be described as a reckless and irresponsible article today. Or opinion piece, anyway. Um, titled, I have coronavirus and I'll be fine. Please stop the hysteria. By young white guy. Mm. Now, there's a lot of problems with this. Let's just uh, let's just dip into it, and we'll we'll see how much we hate this guy <laughs> before we even get to the to the meat of it. A brief trip to Hong Kong to visit a dear friend seemed like a good idea at the time. We all love taking a brief trip to Hong mm. Kong, don't we? Just Fuck. a social one. My just fucking <laughs> brother has lived in Hong Kong for like two or three years now, and I have never been there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love just a weekend in Hong Kong. You know? hmm. Oh, just a little hop across the pond. We've got a little weekender, you know, on the coast in Hong Kong. <laughs> so, um, second sentence, and I already want to push this guy down some stairs. <laughs> Please, uh, he's two already weeks been later, enough. he had coronavirus. <laughs> two weeks later, when my head began to throb, I thought I must be suffering from that common millennial affliction of caffeine withdrawal. Okay, so Whoa. I've got a theory that this column got green lit on the basis of that one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they fucking millennials. Yeah. It feels like the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age have like a quota of like... Just some dumb shit about millennials mentioned somewhere in the article. That's the only way they get traffic. Baffling. Pretty much. Uh, millennials can't afford coronavirus tests because they spent all their money on avocado toast. You know? Got them. They do be doing that. Though. Mm. But after three days of paracetamol and plenty of coffee, so it wasn't that, um, the pain ramped up to an unbearable level. I presented at St. Vincent's Hospital Emergency Department in Sydney at 8am last Sunday, convinced I had a brain tumour on the precipice of exploding. I underwent brain scans, blood tests, and a precautionary nose swab. About 12 hours later, I was <laughs> told by a friendly... <laughs> Alright. Hey. was told by a friendly doctor, <laughs> covered from head to toe in an armour of protective clothing, that I had coronavirus. Frankly, the diagnosis was a relief... From the alternative. Fine. Who cares? It was a relief from my unfounded belief that I had, like, scanners, brain exploding disease. <laughs> By this point, my symptoms had subsided. <laughs> While I'm very aware COVID-19 can be lethal for the elderly and anyone with a compromised immune system or respiratory difficulties, the experience of a young, relatively fit patient seems out of proportion to the panic and fear I've encountered since my diagnosis. So fuck those other people. Yeah, so whatever. It's almost like it's not actually about you, specifically. Hmm. I also feel like it's extremely well understood at this point uh, that it affects the elderly and the immunosuppressed. But no. That's uh, not what this guy's worried about. The response from friends, colleagues, and acquaintances was extreme. 
Entire businesses in Melbourne and Sydney were shut down immediately. Their staff sent home because they'd had contact with me. Friends of friends who'd seen me before I even went to Hong Kong were isolating themselves and pulling their kids out of school. Acquaintances who I hadn't been in contact with in weeks were on the phone. Before bothering with pleasantries, they demanded to know, what does this mean for my grandma? She's 96. Boo-hoo. My grandma <laughs> might die. What the fucking prick. Well, so, what if this was a diary of the guy that brought coronavirus <laughs> to Australia? <laughs> what if this cunt was patient zero? Well... The thing is, he's talking about, like, all of these people being fucking hysterical panic merchants and everything. Mm-hmm. But if we if we reread this, businesses in Melbourne and Sydney were shut down. Their staff sent home because they had had contact with me, a carrier of the coronavirus. A carrier, a uh-huh. confirmed carrier. I told friends people that friends. I had coronavirus and they started yeah. getting real weird. Yeah, everyone whose mouth I'd spat directly in... Uh, suddenly was calling me wanting to know what this meant for all of their dying relatives. Uh, Friends of friends who had seen me were isolating themselves and pulling their kids out of school. Acquaintances I hadn't been in contact with in weeks were on the phone. So it's almost like all of these other people around you are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Which is saying, I have had contact with a confirmed coronavirus carrier... I will now self-isolate myself yeah, and people mean- that I have had contact with. Meanwhile, this motherfucker's pulling up a chair in front of his typewriter, typing out this entire screed and then getting a big envelope, stashing the paper into the envelope and then licking the on- envelope from side to side, sealing it and then sending that like a bucket full of anthrax to the Sydney Morning Herald. <sighs> I hope somebody at the Sydney Morning Herald who ran this caught coronavirus as a result. Satire, um, satire, jokes, <laughs> jokes. Parody, parody. I don't really. <laughs> because they would probably give it to some 96-year-old grandma. Their concerns, of course, were a natural human reaction to risk. Were also, they? the medical advice that they're being given they're literally, by public health officials. Yes, literally the public health advice on slowing the spread, the explosive spread of a disease that is killing like at this point about four percent of people who get it four percent is like a pretty reasonable number yeah and and like so the the weird thing i've that i've heard a lot of people say is like oh but that doesn't mean you've got four percent and i mean i've probably taken this stance initially as well right that doesn't mean that you've got a four percent chance to die what i mean that's true but also the uh, other side of that means that if you're the person that's susceptible to this, you've got a fucking way bigger chance than four percent of dying, right? Yeah. Like so, if you if like you know, I was just talking to my grandma, and the first thing when I picked up the phone was like, "Oh, I hope she doesn't have coronavirus because oh. she would almost certainly die." Jesus and I love Christ. my grandmother, oh, buddy. Whereas I don't love this guy, you know. No, this guy sucks. He's not my grandmother. Hmm. As I know. Family members who have often wanted to strangle me over the years at least inquired mm. after my health and welfare before suggesting this was somehow my fault, that I should have been more careful. Yeah, I agree with them there. Those now quarantined 24-7 with toddlers were understandably grumpy and partial to the notion that I had thrown their lives into chaos through thoughtless misadventure. I explained that Hong Kong is not and never was on the recommended self-isolation list. 
again, though, is it about Hong Kong specifically being on the list or is it about being like, hey, there is a pandemic spreading around the world. I'd better go through some airports. Uh, The impression that I get from this guy, like so many of these other articles, is that um, nobody liked him before this. Uh, Hong Kong was never in the same category as mainland China, Italy and Iran. In fact, my doctors advised me that given the timing of my symptoms, it was highly likely I picked up this virus locally. Now, pulling the needle off the record here to say, he says, my doctors advised given the timing of my symptoms, it was highly likely I picked up this virus locally. So no one should yell at me about having gone to Hong Kong, right? So let's rewind it. Uh, mm. Two paragraphs, three I paragraphs. Got the white version of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> let's rewind it. Three paragraphs to friends of friends who had seen me before I even went to Hong Kong were isolating themselves. So a few paragraphs back, he's mad at people who have had contact with him before he went to Hong Kong because he's like, hey, I hadn't even gone to Hong Kong yet. And then a few paragraphs later, he's mad at people who think he got it from going to Hong Kong because he reckons he got it locally. Well, I think what he's saying is that he got it after he went to Hong Kong. <sighs> Maybe. So really, they're the big dummies for they're taking big precautions. Idiots. Not him. He's a he's a go-getter, a jet-setter. He fucks. <laughs> My first day as an official COVID-19 case was spent on the phone. I called every individual I'd been in contact with since my date of contagion. Oh, big inconvenience. Details of flight I had were provided to the Victoria New South Wales Health Departments. What a big fucking deal. What a hullabaloo they're making about this. The news spread through my social and corporate network like a parallel viral contamination. Wow. It went viral, you know? Uh, Like the Harlem Shake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I went from patient to pariah. Even those who had stocked up on toilet paper were beside themselves catastrophizing about the potential impact this could have on their lives. Gee, why would the people who, like, had fucking nervous breakdowns over toilet paper and were having fights with people in supermarkets, why would they be the people catastrophizing about having been in contact with you? I think Confirmed coronavirus carrier. His little joke there is that they should be fine because they've done the thing in their mind that they needed to do, which is get shitloads of toilet paper. Um, when uh, actually, it's just because he's a big fucking idiot. Oh, by the way, um, just Google the words if you haven't already. I have coronavirus and I'll be fine. Get the article <laughs> up and just look at this guy's face the entire time while we're while we're working through this. Unless you're driving the car, please don't do that. Oh my god, I just read. Sorry, I just read the last thing in this article. Um, uh huh. I'm uh-huh. just uh-huh. sitting on that right. right. for a while. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> the Melbourne doctor who treated 71 patients at his practice last week before discovering he was a carrier felt similarly irked by claims he'd somehow been irresponsible or negligent even though he had followed prescribed procedures. That fucking dude had like flu symptoms while he was traveling back to Australia. Oh, I just thought I had the flu though. Not, just, not some it, other thing. It was just regular influenza I thought I had as I treated 71 patients over the course of a week before finally admitting something might be wrong with me. That Melbourne doctor? Missy Higgins' dad. Papa Higgins. Hmm. 
the aftershock of being held accountable for spreading illness through the community has been worse than the virus I'm fortunate to be recovering from. Once again, it's just about him. It's not about the countless uh, fucking vulnerable people he might have spread this to. I empathize with those millions of Australians who are suffering the economic cost and health concerns created by COVID-19. You wouldn't flip the order of those concerns. No. Fuck me. But from this personal experience, the one where you didn't die, I guess, I feel it's time to calm down and as a nation show some resilience and common sense for which we are known. You know, that common mm-hmm. sense Australia is known for. Just had several weeks of seeing fucking women wrestle in supermarket aisles over toilet paper. All that common sense, baby. It's time to focus on the 3% of people infected who are at serious risk. We were trying to do that before you wrote the article. We should understand that 97% of people infected will have symptoms ranging from a bad cold to flu and will recover. My headache was unusual, but beyond that, the symptoms were a mild sore throat and lethargy. Yeah, we know. No one cares. No one gives a shit about... um, Everyone knows that it's not, you know, the virus that makes all your flesh fall off and and die. We know. We know this already. (sighs) Signs off here with Tom High... I haven't talked to a single person who's afraid of getting coronavirus. Every single person I've talked to... Is afraid of giving it to their family or, or whatever, right? Like, no, fuck. Ah, go on, finish it up. Signing <laughs> off with Tom Highwood is a property technology entrepreneur. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think that means that he's done work for Domain, uh, <laughs> which would make sense because, get this. His dad is the, up until recently, uh, well, no, I mean, still is the former CEO of Fairfax, Greg Highwood. Oh, my God. Uh, he stopped being the CEO when they merged with Nine. Ben, come on. Yep. I wonder ben, how he got this published. Come on. I wonder how. Come on. Mm-hmm. You want does, that that, <laughs> does that also mean that he, he doesn't entrepreneur technology if it's not property related? I assume that's like it. Like his domain knowledge is so deep. Domain that he knowledge, yes. Possibly. Oh fuck. <laughs> I can just All imagine. Right. I can just imagine um, Greg Highwood calling up. You want access to the coronavirus dipshit? You got to go through me. <laughs> All right. I've got a. I scoop. just lost a bit of soup there. <laughs> oh god. Oh, get my fucking idiot this? son on the line for you. I mean, I know why I'd run this, because the only way the papers can get traffic on the shitty fucking websites uh, is through the opinion section, because that's all the people read, uh, and only if it is some sort of contrarian, useless take that is annoying. Yep. So don't right. give them the clicks, because we've just read it out to you. Fuck this guy. Engaging with it studiously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and at one stage... Uh, directly calling for people to visit That's the article. That's true. That's true. <laughs> God, Uh-oh. that's so stupid. <laughs> wow. Hey, look, I didn't do that. That's on you. Don't spread the blame out around the three of us. It's true. Uh, just. Oh, sorry. I just heard the sound of something falling over and Louie running. Oh. Hmm. 
What you doing, buddy? It's probably fine. Oh, please don't knock over my wine glass. Bad dog. Bad dog. Kick him. Kick the he dog. Oh, Louis, what are you doing? Sorry, hang on. He's just got paws the size of a house. <laughs> oh, that dog's going to be so big. That dog's going to be fucking huge, but that's going to be a big dog. Like, but don't worry. Off. He is incredibly wet. What have you been doing? <laughs> the mystery of dog. Yeah, don't worry, Ben, because the bigger dogs get, uh, traditionally, the less wine glasses they knock over. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fine when he's twice this size. Yeah. Huh. My personal Marmaduke. Now, <laughs> speaking of toilet paper fever. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Men with uh, brains of dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have returning One Nation Senator Malcolm Roberts, the... Sun-bleached golem that we all hate to look at. You know how, like, the human body is, like, three-quarters water? Two-thirds uh, water? This dude is, like, one-eighth. Yeah, just, just none. <laughs> there is nothing in his body. Just desiccated a little, man. little husk. little husk of a desiccated racist. I feel like right if here. you held a light behind him, you'd, like, be able to see his bones oh. and his nervous system. Ugh. <laughs> light, light coming out of his irises, you know? <laughs> You know that bit from uh, Big Trouble in Little China where oh, Lopan yeah, yeah. is like glowing from the inside? It looked mm-hmm. exactly like that. Haven't yeah. seen it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Come on, man. It's the greatest movie of all time. God damn it, Theo. Grow up. All right. I'll go and download Chinatown. <laughs> you could watch this one instead, which uh, wasn't directed by a pedophile. Oh. <laughs> Right. If anything, John Carpenter has been vindicated many times over in his career. Uh, as far as we know, if if it turns out that John Carpenter is a is a pedo, don't come back to this and yell at us about it. That's no, all. please. We, we will have know. silently scrubbed it uh, how, before you have a chance we? to shame us over it. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, so, Malcolm Roberts, uh, big time dipshit from One Nation, has posted a photo like the many photos that are going around i posted one myself from my local supermarket of the completely empty toilet paper aisle um which i believe that anybody um with you know two-thirds uh water in their body has correctly diagnosed as people just panic buying stuff because they have seen other people panic buying stuff in the media um having a great snowball effect of people saying, well, I'm not panic buying toilet paper, but I do need toilet paper. And if everybody's buying it all, there won't be any left for me. I'd better get out there and get some toilet paper. So, Malcolm Roberts posted this uh, with the caption, Australia gets a taste of socialism. So It's, now- it's weird that this is such a specific genre of post that is still out there, right? Yeah, I believe the genre you're talking about is fundamental misunderstanding of everything. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but but specifically, uh, man stands in front of empty shelf in capitalist country uh, and claims that this is what it's like under socialists. Thing that <laughs> yes. happened under capitalism is a sign of what might happen under socialism. Yes, uh, as far as I know. As far as- According to my own country's things that they tell me, this is what it's like. Um, Yeah, and of course, it sort of doesn't help that, like you're saying, Theo, he's displaying to you a thing that has currently happened in the capitalist country that Mm -hmm. he lives in And continues to happen. 
Yeah, so rather than, say, if you were living in a socialist or communist country and they were trying to distribute things to people... Yes. Uh, instead, in this scenario, um, everybody has open access to things and whoever has the most money can go and buy the most of it that they want. Uh, and people have all come along and cleared all of it out, not leaving any for any of the other people who just need a sensible amount of toilet paper. Hmm. I wonder what a normal conclusion to come to after this would be. Some might think, hey, perhaps this is reflective of uh, some sort of greed or hmm. selfishness or, you know, corporate media-induced panic. But no, instead, um, he's tried to clarify this with a reply. And whenever Malcolm Roberts tries to clarify something, uh, I'm not sure that's really how it works out. Let's see if this clarifies things for us. Please. Toilet paper shortage shows us what ALP's net zero CO2 by 2050 policy will look like. <clears throat> but, but rather than demand outstripping supply, ALP's policy will mean there will be no supply at all. Manufacturing is already decreasing under LNP's 26 to 28% renewable energy target. The ALP's policy is economic suicide. Hmm. And I suppose he's got some sort of um, data or figures or, or whatever to show how this had a direct impact on um, the supply of toilet paper specifically because, I mean, this is the case that he's doing. I mean, different commodities have different sensitivities to manufacturing costs, the price of energy, um, carbon targets, which we don't actually have at the moment, all those sorts of things. So, I mean, I'm sure that we would well understood that uh, toilet paper supply is down? Well, as as toilet paper manufacturers and everything keep pointing out in this situation, there, there isn't a problem with the supply of toilet paper. There is plenty of toilet paper. There are big warehouses no, full no, of hey, toilet no, paper. No, 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 but that's not what he's saying. That's not uh, what Malcolm Roberts is saying, though. Sorry, that's definitely not what he's mouth, saying. But- <laughs> soup eating motherfucker. You have been eating soup for straight up an hour, and you had been eating the soup yes. an hour ago when we started. Yes. How long Are have you been eating to the some soup kind of, for? Uh, approximately an hour and fifteen minutes. Are you <laughs> getting to some sort of point, Ben? <laughs> Are you arriving finally? I'll say this: you were not lying when you said I eat soup very slowly. No, I wasn't. And here I am. <laughs> I, to me, I don't know why you would lie about it. If you took half an hour to have a bowl of soup, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty slow. Uh, you are fuck? smashing that out of the park right now. <laughs> How long does it take you to drink a glass of water, you reckon? An extremely long time. <laughs> I have a narrow esophagus, all right? I believe that very much. It's the, <laughs> the width of a straw of and a drinking I, straw. And I have to podcast at the same time. Oh, that's true. I Now, I, I take issue with that. I will dispute the idea that someone has forced you to eat a bowl of soup very slowly and podcast at the same I've time. I've got a very busy schedule. Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. Ben? I, I do. Okay. It doesn't seem like it, but I do. But you're not at the stage where you have to eat a, eat soup while recording a podcast at the same time. No, I had my soup uh, with about 20 minutes to spare before starting the podcast. <laughs> what, a, what a dream. You're not really busy until you have to eat your soup in the car. 
that's a bad time. No, that's true. Unless you've got a thermos or something, that's not so bad. Hmm. You know you're going to sip that thing while it's still way too hot, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going to comically spray it out all over your nice work pants. Oh, all over the windscreen from the inside. <laughs> you turn the wipers on and they do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, soup problems, you know? Anyway, there is no toilet paper shortage at all. It's just consumers being panicked and going in and buying it faster than supermarkets can get it back on the shelf. And, and I will say, I know that a lot of um, like international listeners, people on Twitter, people on social media, whatever, have kind of viewed this as an oddity. Um, we are also doing the same thing simultaneously. I think say, I, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people and I don't know anybody who has panic bought toilet paper and nobody that I've talked to knows anybody that has panic bought toilet paper. So it's like a, an extremely small section of society going out and doing this bizarre thing that, that none of us understand as well. I thought... Like, do you guys know anybody that has actually gone, oh, shit, i got to go and buy six fucking, you know, pallets of toilet paper? No. Well, in, in the videos, in the videos that we've, I assume by this point, all seen on social media of people actually fighting over toilet paper, in all of them, like, you know, you, you could reasonably say... Anytime, it, you know, let's let's adapt to the old um, don't argue with a fool because from a distance people can't tell the difference, you know. Uh, don't wrestle someone over toilet paper because you, you both look like you're wrong, really. Um, but in reality, in all of those situations, the, the thing, the situation that was clearly happening was one person or persons had a shopping trolley loaded with so many big multi-packs of toilet paper that they are piled well above the rim of the shopping trolley, necessitating a second person to stand next to it and steady it. Uh, Way the fuck too much toilet paper. And I would probably imagine that whether or not somebody else in the supermarket is also panicking and just desperately trying to get some toilet paper, or maybe they're just someone trying to buy toilet paper like a normal person yeah yeah if you if you just go out and buy toilet paper now you look like an asshole well i mean i mean now all the supermarkets have come in with their one one package per customer rules because people have gone nuts but um but yeah like i i have decided that i am on the side of the person who said you know what give me a fucking packet of toilet paper i'm trying to do normal groceries you have 168 rolls of toilet paper you can give me some toilet paper uh and then it gets into a fight and the person who had the toilet paper taken off their big toilet paper pyramid on the trolley goes oh oh." (laughs) Uh, and they wail and they i was being assaulted my precious tp but you know what don't buy so much toilet paper don't be a don't be a big fucking selfish dick so, really, I'm not buying Malcolm Roberts' explanation here. Um, he has tried to explain it a day later, which is always good. You know that the thing you posted went really well. If you are coming back 24 hours later to say, uh, let me explain. That's always very good. Uh, so, he quote tweets his own tweet with, 
Bare supermarket shelves in Australia are an anomaly. In a socialist country, bare shelves and queuing for basic goods are daily occurrences. Hmm. And he's are just they? presented that kind of... Uh, what do you call that? Prima facie? You might. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clack, clack. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Oh, you can't argue with that thing. I'm sorry. I, I know no. like a hundred words, and that's not in the list. Right. <laughs> it's a dead language, Theo. Mm. Um, now, Andrew, it's come to that time in the show, as it often does. Fifty-two minutes on the clock, mm-hmm. and I and I have to uh, beg. I have to put my little my little bit out uh, to get the best story of the entire day on there. So you're, you're, holding out your little, you're holding out your little cup and you're My begging. little cup, yep. Usually we ignore the best story until you come in and you intervene. Yes, that's right. You choose all the other ones. And uh-huh. I'm kind of like highlighting on the document with the kind of live cursor back and forth. Um, oh, good. That's the one that I wanted to do as well. So <laughs> I was going to ask you what's the best one, but I think we all know what the best I one is. And, and it just came in like minutes to spare under the gun there. That's true. This is very much breaking news. Um, and so, with that, we probably need to uh, smash that stinger and say, uh, Nude Man Watch! Yep. Nude Man Watch. Here's a little news story that came in today. And we're going we're gonna to engage in what, a little bit of what I like to call Wild speculation <laughs> during this story. Okay, <laughs> many grains of salt will be taken yeah. with a whatever. little of uh, what I like to call illegal defamation. <laughs> little uh, artistic license. <clears throat> New South Wales. This is from the ABC. New South Wales Families, Communities, and Disabilities Service Minister Gareth Ward had to be escorted home by police last night after being found naked outside his Potts Point apartment. In Sydney's inner east. Police said they were called to the unit around 11.30pm in response to a call that a naked man was trying to get into an apartment that wasn't his own. We've all been there, come on. When police arrived, Mr. Ward was standing in the doorway of another unit, which they determined was his residence, and escorted him inside. Police said Mr. Ward, the member for Kiama, quote, appeared to be disorientated and called paramedics, but he refused to be taken to hospital. The minister has issued a statement saying he was, quote, disorientated because earlier that day he had been under a general anesthetic for a procedure in hospital. Huh. So far, mm-hmm. so good. Yep. So, general anesthetic is when they put you out entirely, right? That's right. Okay. And normally, after that happens... Yes. I think I think what they do at the hospital is they, like... They throw a glass of water over your face and they slap you around a little and they rouse you out of your drugged stupor and they just throw your pants at you. The belt is still in like the belt loops. Uh, your keys are in the pocket and everything and they go, all right, let's go. Let's go. Um, We've got to so free I, this bed up. I think you've captured it in spirit, if not necessarily in substance. Is that actually what happens? Well, I mean, a person can come and pick you up <laughs> even when you're like fucked out as shit after being under general, 
whom amongst us has not had the inestimable joy of picking up a partner from the hospital after they've undergone some oh, form of major no, surgery? No, Me. Ben, this... So, I... I Caitlin um, was under general anaesthetic and... I went and picked her up and I was expecting the same thing because I, I, after I woke up from my general for um, various things, including getting my wisdom teeth out, I was fucked. I was absolutely just totally demolished. And she, and so I pull up to the, the glass doors where, you know, they, the nurses roll them out and, you know, uh, people have woken up from surgery, just got the drill coming out of the side of their mouth and whatever. The door's open, and she's just got a fucking spring in her step. She's basically <laughs> bouncing to the car. She hops in, and I'm like, oh, she's so disappointed. I'm, I'm missing out on an essential experience of being married here. She is an so. extraordinarily sensible woman, uh, your wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not no, even to, vaguely to surprised. Waste, to waste time with that kind of... Yeah, she doesn't have time for that nonsense. nonsense. Uh, <laughs> when I picked up George after her eye surgery... Uh, she was an absolute fruitcake. Uh, it was delightful. But but here's my question. Did you then just kind of take her home and then leave? Uh, no. I uh, love and cherish my partner, so I, uh-huh. I took her home and uh, put mm-hmm. her to bed and kept an eye on her. So I'm kind of curious about like what the chain of events must have been here. Like, Did, did somebody bring this guy home in this type of state and then say, ah, it'll be all right? Well, so what's interesting, right, is this ABC article doesn't make any mention of this, but the Daily Telegraph reports on it describes what happened to him as sleepwalking. Uh, huh. But they, they mentioned that he was under, under general and that they'd given him a lot of morphine, but also said that it was a sleepwalking incident. Uh, it doesn't sound like a sleepwalking incident. Well, I'm not Especially a because... Uh, police had to return again an hour later after reports of the 38-year-old was walking around a common area in his underpants. Now, that's progress. They again escorted him home. They again escorted him home, and he again refused medical treatment. Uh, You want to go to hospital? Uh, uh. I just... Just, I don't know how how many hours later and how still extremely slapped on drugs you have to be. Well, this is this is his account of it, right? So this is him speaking to the Daily Telegraph. Uh, Mr. Ward told the Daily Telegraph he didn't remember the events. This was to explain why he initially told some people he was clothed when he was sleepwalking, but police stated he was naked. I don't remember anything, Mr. Ward said. This is a purely medical matter. I had a general anesthetic. I was fine after the operation, but when you go to sleep, these things hit. Asked directly if he had taken drugs, he said, only morphine. <laughs> only a little morphine. Only a little golden brown. <laughs> a little. Just a dash. Uh, neighbor upon a stone was allowed, alarmed to hear loud banging at her apartment door above Mr. Ward's in the three-story <laughs> oh, apartment God. block. They shared around 11 p.m. last night. I was really scared. There was this naked man banging at our door. My husband <laughs> went to see what was happening, and I could see through the peephole a swaying naked man shouting... It's me. Let me in. Let me in. She told the Daily yeah. Telegraph. My husband was like, this man is butt naked. He wouldn't go away, so he had to call the police. I'm glad I didn't see him fully naked. Uh, we were oh, worried because he was yelling loudly. We have a young child and we were anxious. But, I mean, mm. that makes no oh. sense. Now, uh, Andrew, this, no. this motherfucker butt naked. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know we said we were going to participate in wild speculation. I kind of, I do want to throw my two cents here. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. And I think, you know, we do this show every week. We've got to, got to put out a couple of hours, and sometimes we're going to get things wrong. Um, so I apologize if I put anyone's noses out of joint with this. But what I see here is a clear, just I think it's as clear cut as it's ever been situation of a Mr. Bean eats too many off oysters uh, <laughs> and accidentally locks himself buck naked out of his out of his room in fever delirium. Um, I think that it's so that the police should have identified such a clear case of Mr. Bean eating too many off oysters and locking himself outside of his house buck, na- buck naked. To prevent the second one, but like World War Two, we were unable to identify the root <laughs> causes of the first, and we were doomed to repeat it. Now, that might make some people mad, but it's just my belief. Yeah, no, we don't want to be armchair doctors or armchair psychologists, but to me... No, no. It's certainly... This is Mr. Bean syndrome. Have you, have you seen a clearer case? No. Not in my 20 years of identifying this. <laughs> Classic Mr. Bean syndrome. <laughs> He's got ABS. <laughs> Look, I think we've probably got uh, time to just play a short clip. Uh, oh, let me cue this up. Just I'll, a little I'll positivity. I don't know if this show. needs introduction or not. Uh, I don't think he says who he is in the course of the clip, so it might be worthwhile uh, mentioning that this is from. Uh, Some that we only just really introduced into the Bunta Vista universe uh, in this week's free episode. A man called Chet Hanks. What's up, everyone? Um, yeah, it's true. My parents got coronavirus. Crazy. Um, <laughs> they're both down in Australia right now because my dad was shooting a movie down there. Um, but I just got off the phone with them. Uh, they both are fine. They're not even that sick. They're not worried about it. They're not tripping, but they're going through the necessary health precautions, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's anything to be too worried about. I appreciate um, everyone's concern and the well wishes, but um, I think it's all going to be all right. But I appreciate it. And uh, just everybody stay safe out there. Much love. Much love. Much, Much love, love to you, Chetpegs. <clears throat> Thank you so much. And I was very pleased to see that he did not put a shirt on to record that video. Hey, he looks oh, no. good. Why would, you? Why would you? You get to see those many, many cryptic tattoos. Uh, it's wonderful stuff. And so, you know, well, I guess all we can say to Chet is we'll take good care of them. We'll uh, take good, good care of... You are in the hands of, of Queensland's best. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess uh, I guess with that from us here at Bunta Vista, we too will say much love. Don't be tripping out there. Do not. Don't be tripping on coronavirus. Uh, also, yeah, don't 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 be tripping on coronavirus. But also, don't get it. Don't get it. Don't give it to anybody else. And if you do get it and give it to a bunch of people, don't write an article for a major newspaper talking about why nobody should yell at you for giving it to people. Well, and I certainly don't, don't write a second article about people being mean <laughs> about their first article. I know oh, that no. this is hypocritical to say when we have a podcast that we do two hours of where we just say our own thoughts and feelings every single uh-huh. week. Uh, you don't have to write an article about everything that happens to you. Yeah, it's true. 
Yeah, I mean, we are we're cursed to do this. Uh, someone this is... is blackmailing us. Uh, the stuff they have on Theo, I can tell you. I won't tell you what it is, but I will tell you. Fucking disgusting. Uh, this is our petard, and we will be hoisting ourselves on it week by week for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I think that's a tale of Sisyphus. Yep. <laughs> Every day we fall down. Cursed to hoist ourselves by the petard and let ourselves down in the evening. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks. Crazy.